Coming up today on Abounding Grace. You don't need to be afraid of the manifestations of the Spirit, any of them. The Spirit loves to do things decently and in order for His glory. He doesn't want you walking away weirded out. He wants you walking away glorifying Him and going, that is incredible. You don't have to be weirded out by the Spirit of God. That's not His heart for you. This is amazing grace. Hi there, friend. Good to be with you today. This is Abounding Grace. For the last couple of months, we've been in a series on the Holy Spirit. And right now, considering the various manifestations of the Spirit, there are nine of them. And beginning today, Pastor Ed Taylor will have a look into prophecy. Like many of these manifestations, there is a great deal of confusion surrounding it. Some are even weirded out by it or want nothing to do with it. But when you come to understand that this is just the workings of the Spirit and Him being made visible on the earth, that certainly should put our minds at ease. Here's Pastor Ed to explain from 1 Corinthians 12. For the last few weeks, we've been looking and studying through 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the manifestations of the Spirit. You'll notice in verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, and that word gifts is in italics. It could be better said, now concerning spirituals. And it's important for us as believers to understand spiritual things. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to lack understanding, the Holy Spirit says. And I agree. I agree with the Holy Spirit when we aren't to be ignorant or lack understanding as it relates to spiritual things. I believe it's exactly because of this very fact, ignorance of spiritual things and ignorance of the Spirit's power and presence in the church that the church at large is built on so many man-centered, program-oriented, and powerless schemes. It was A.W. Tozer a few years ago that said, if the Holy Spirit were taken away from the church, the early church, 90% of what they were doing would have come to a complete halt because they were so in tune with the Spirit. The number's different now. If the Holy Spirit was to be removed from the church today, 90% of what churches are doing would just continue on. Jesus warned about that in Revelation chapter 2. And I believe that it's important for us to stay open to the work of the Spirit and not to be ignorant. You know, four times, if you're taking notes, there's four times the Bible teaches us on topics not to be ignorant about. Things that it's important for us to know so that we can not live powerless lives. The first one is right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Don't be ignorant about spiritual things. And ignorance and spiritual things lead you and I to just do our own thing, to try to figure it out. Have you ever been there as a Christian? I even, I've used this language myself where a problem comes before me and my first thought is, well, we need to figure this thing out. No, actually what we need to do is pray. 
We need to seek the Lord. He might hook us up. We might spend years trying to figure something out. And if we would have just asked God, he would have given us the answer in five seconds. This is what you're dealing with. We don't want to be ignorant concerning spiritual things or spiritual gifts. Another one you can jot down is in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's plans and strategies. We're not to be ignorant that there's a spiritual warfare ongoing right before our eyes. That we have a threefold enemy we fight against this world system. We battle against the flesh and the devil. And Paul writes to this very same church in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Be careful lest Satan should take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Not ignorant. A third one is in Romans chapter 11 verse 25. Things to be careful of if you're just walking in. Things to be careful of biblically that we're not ignorant, that we have knowledge of. And the third one is God's heart for Israel. Many people believe today that God has written off Israel and there's no hope for them. But Israel existing today in the promised land is a miracle. It is God fulfilling prophecy. And God has a plan for for Israel not to be ignorant of this mystery, Paul said. That you would be wise in your own opinion. What's happening with Israel? Blindness in part. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And then the fourth thing not to be ignorant about. Spiritual things. The schemes of the devil. God's heart for Israel. The fourth thing that we're warned about in the Bible. Not to be ignorant of is the rapture. The coming of the Lord. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, well, God will also bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And when the topic, any one of these four topics come up, our ears immediately go, whoa, what, what does the Bible have to say about that? Especially spiritual things. Especially when, it, when the Bible turns its attention, okay, now concerning things that are spiritual, I don't want you to be ignorant. And here you are, your ears perk up. Hey, what do you have to say, God? What do you want to teach me about the Spirit? What do you have for me? Is there a dynamic of living water available to me? And I want to commend you guys for investing your midweek time of all the other options that you have before you, all the things that you could have done. Here you are saying, no, I want to grow in the things of God. I want to learn about these spiritual things. Not only that, but you also, those of you that brought your kiddos here tonight, you're teaching your kiddos something very, very important. As they're downstairs, or perhaps even in the sanctuary with you, learning the things of God, here you are by way of example. You're not just word only, but also indeed, where you have your kids, you're teaching them how important fellowship is. How important it is to gather together. Even if they lose a little sleep. It is a school night after all. Hey, they're young, man. Don't worry about that. We're the ones that want to sleep. (laughs) The kiddos are going to be just fine. And they're going to remember this, moms and dads. They're going to look back. It's the time's going to fly so quickly. It's just going to go right by right, right before your eyes. It's just going to be unbelievable how fast your kids grow up. And they're going to look back on those nights of seeking the Lord together. Those nights of persevering, those nights of Bible study, those nights of hanging out in the classroom with their friends, learning about Jesus, that privilege that they have. I commend you. The days are short. The coming of the Lord is at hand. 
And we need to come together more and more seeking the heart of God. Paul would write to Romans to the Romans in Romans 13. He says, do this knowing the time. Do you know the time? Are you able to turn on the news channels and see beyond the reporting to what's going on in the spiritual realm? Can you see beyond just the information that's being passed on and begin to put the pieces together? Are you a a Berean that takes what you see and then comes back to the word of God? It's important to know the times. And he says, once you know the times, it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Even if you're not at a place right now where you can understand what's going on in the world today, although we do our best here at Calvary to help you see the current events in light of of what the Bible teaches. I know there are those that would say, you can't have your Bible in the newspaper and look at them together. That's, That's just so not right. Of course you can. You can look at the times in which you live and understand them. Wasn't it the Pharisees? Weren't it the religious rulers that were so into the weather? Sounds like Colorado. I was so blown away when we moved here to Colorado and the number one story, weather. Now I understand it can really mess you up. You can get four, all four seasons in just one day. You could wake up and the sun's out and you're like, yeah, you put some shorts on. You're going to go out like you like, like you did. You're going to go to the beach at the reservoir and you're going to hang out and and you got the shorts on and it was all hot and sunny and before noon there's like snow and then the snow goes away and then there's that beautiful sunset and and then on the news hey wasn't that a great day you never know what the weather's like in Colorado where well in Jesus day they they could tell the weather too they could look up into the sky and they could discern from what they saw in the sky that a storm was coming And they were rebuked for that because although they could pay attention to the natural things in the world, they couldn't discern that the Messiah was standing right in front of them. And how careful we need to be. We need to know the day. So so we might be really good at discerning all the things that are going on in the news, but what do they mean spiritually? And I'll tell you what they mean. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Our salvation is closer now than it ever has been every day that comes it's closer it's closer it's closer than yesterday it's closer than last week it's closer than last year and because it's close it's high time church to wake up to open your eyes the night is far spent paul said the day is at hand therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light Let us walk properly as it is in the day, not in revelry, not in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. The best way to go in that direction is to walk in the spirit. The Bible says that if you and I walk in the spirit, we live the word walk when it's used to describe the Christian's life speaks of the mannerisms of your life, the totality of your life, not the episodes where from time to time we stumble here and we trip there. The idea is walking, making steady progress in the things of God. When you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We often think of lust as it relates to sexual temptation, but your body lusts as well. It means a deep craving desire. And you can lust about a lot of things in the flesh, a lot of things that are contrary to the scriptures. So the Bible tells us, know the times. Don't be ignorant. Open your eyes. The time is short. 
How often I found myself telling people lately that if they don't make some changes in their life, if they don't turn a corner very soon, they're going to grow up and regret it. Now's the time to make the decisions so that a year from now or two years from now or at the end of your life, you look back and you could just say, you know, I, I, I wasn't perfect. I didn't make all the right decisions. But man, in the Lord, I don't have any regrets. I don't regret giving that up for the things. I don't regret making that investment. I don't regret seeking God. I don't regret some of the relationships that I had to break up because I don't want to be unequally yoked. I don't regret it. But you go through the religious motion week after week, and here I am. I'm even here another night on a Wednesday night, and I'm taking in Bible study, and, and I, I sort of get, I'm hearing you, but I, and you go through the routine, and you fall asleep spiritually. I mean, not just falling asleep because I'm teaching, but you just fall asleep spiritually. You just, boom, you're just out of it. You walk out of here lethargic spiritually. You don't see what God wants to do in your life. The way out of that is to operate in your spiritual gift, being open to the manifestations of the Spirit. Your mind, you want that regular, mind-blowing experience? Walk in the Spirit. It battles against some of the natural tendencies that you have, doesn't it? Of regularity and routine. How you want, expect, you have some expectations, you, you have plans. And it's so much more comfortable to live with our plans and our expectations than it is to wake up in the morning and say, God, I am open to whatever you have for me. I'm open. Any direction you want to take me, left, right, up, down, forward, back, I am open And then getting that sense of the leading of God and obeying him. Powerful. Incredible. And that's where we are in relation to spiritual things here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We looked at the different, and we've done it by review, the different elements of spiritual things. There are spiritual gifts in Romans chapter 12. Every one of you has a spiritual gift or two. A motivational gift that you operate in. The gifts are listed as prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and mercy. And some translations translate administrations instead of leading. Ephesians chapter 4, we have the spiritually gifted roles or ministries, which correspond, the gifts correspond to verse 4, 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 5, ministries, those are listed in Ephesians 4. There's diversities of activities, and that speaks of how you, you have, there, there could be 20 people here with the same gifting, but it, it moves differently in different people, where you see it manifest. And not everybody's going to teach the same way. Not everybody's going to lead the same way. Not everybody's going to show mercy. There's that individuality of who God has made you. So there's differences of activities. That, that really is a freedom. You don't have to be anybody else. Just be yourself. In the Lord. You don't have to copy anyone. You don't have to feel bad because you don't arise to a certain personality or a certain personality trait. I know some of you look at your life and you wish you had a little bit different personality, but God's made you that way. He wants to use you. You're needed in that personality. You're, well, you know, I'm just an introvert. God's going to use introverts. He does. Well, I'm an extrovert. Well, God uses you too. And together, You know, well, I'm not really good around people. Well, God's going to use you in a place where it's not going to require a lot of interaction with people. He's not going to mess you up. They go, you know, God's not in heaven going, look at that guy, Gabriel. He hates people. Let's put him right in the middle of the Pepsi Center and have him preach the gospel. No. But he might connect you with your boss on a one-on-one. Because it's not like all people. It's just crowds. 
But one-on-one, -on -one, you're so gifted. Or somebody could be so gifted with a crowd, but then when they're one-on-one, -on -one, they're, well, bring 50 more. I think it'll be a lot easier for me. Difference of activities. Notice those gifts, it's the same spirit, verse 4. Those differences of ministries, it's the same Lord. Diversities of activities, verse 6, it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And we looked at these individually, one by one. The studies are up on the web, or I'm sure they have the CDs uh, downstairs. You can pick them up and catch up with us. There were a bunch of introduction set studies as well to prepare us for this section. So it's in its entirety. But here's what we've looked at so far. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. And to another working of miracles, that's what we looked at last time, and now tonight, to another prophecy. That is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. These nine manifestations of the Spirit, or nine workings of the Spirit, help to make the Holy Spirit visible on the earth today. That's what manifestation means. It means to make visible, or to make known, or to, make, to be seen. The Holy Spirit being a spirit manifests himself in a way through humans to make himself known on the earth. These manifestations are like helps. They come alongside your spiritual giftings. Any one of the nine can be given to you for a specific season, for a specific time, and for a specific reason. And God, how does he help us? As he wills. He'll send a word of wisdom your way. He'll send a word of knowledge your way. Knowledge that you couldn't possibly know because of your studies or your Google searches. It just comes from God. You know something. And as you're talking to someone, God reveals the what is going on in their life. And when God begins to do that, immediately start praying for a word of wisdom. Okay, God, you've given me the what. And this all happens so instantly. You're just like, sometimes you don't even find out it happened until later. But when you see it happening, you can see the change on their face. You can see the agreement. And then inside you're like, I didn't know that. How could I have known that? Well, the Spirit of God's using you. And you're able to see beyond what's obvious or what front is being put up. And we looked at that. You want to pray for the word of wisdom. Okay, now I know what, but how, God? What does it mean? I see it in their lives, but now help me, get, help me to help them get through it. And as you're sitting down, exercising the gift of mercy, which is usually manifest in a biblical counseling or discipleship. Or you're leading. Uh, you need to lead people in a direction spiritually. God will show up and show you through knowledge or through wisdom. Or he'll, he may give you faith. You know, leading, you might have to take a major step of faith. He brings you right up to the edge. And, and you're right there. And in order to step out, this supernatural manifestation of faith. I had somebody do that recently where they needed to take a step of faith in order to sit down and talk with me about things going on in their life. They got right up to the edge, and then boom, they took that step of faith, and I believe that God gave them the faith to follow through. Because you can make a lot of decisions in your mind, but to follow through, wow, you need that manifestation of the Spirit to move you, to encourage you. And the manifestations of the Spirit come to you and me in support of our giftings. I mean, it's so exciting. The more we study them, the more you're going to see them in your life. 
the more you're going to be able to put your hand on that wasn't you. I think one of the convicting things about studying the things of the Spirit is you're going to take less and less credit of God using you. You're going to take, you're not going to, it's so easy for you to say, well, man, I was ministering to someone and, and, and I, I read this verse in the morning and it was just perfect for them at six o'clock. And now it's, yeah, you did great. It was your devotional life and, and it was that verse. But let me offer an alternative. You were in your devotions in the morning and then you went to work. And your devotions got a little undone at work. You face this over here and a stack of stuff over here and you got a new employee over there and a boss that's this over there. And before you know it, devotions? What were your devotions again? I don't know. I have to look at my list. What was it? Where was I? But then God opens a door and you begin to minister to someone. And, and although your devotional life was undone, you know what's right. God opens a door. You just start to pray right away. God, use me. Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't expect this. I'm not prepared for it. And in your dialogue with that other brother, that other sister, that friend, the scripture comes back. Everything was undone, but the scripture comes back. Why? Well, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would bring to your remembrance the things that you were taught. And when you begin to see the Spirit of God moving more and more in your life, you'll, start, you'll stop taking credit for the work of the Spirit. You totally forgot that verse. You didn't even know what book you were in after your day. You weren't even sure you want. You just want to go home and go to bed. But the, even the hookup with the person was a divine appointment. And he gets all the credit because it was the right verse. And it really good that you were in devotions. It was really great that you're soaking in the word and you're turning your heart and your attention toward the Lord. But when it all comes down to it, it God gets the credit for the great things he has done. And the spirit of God comes and he brings, he brings that word to you. And it could be a scripture, it could be... I mean, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, the first two, happen so often that once you understand them, you're going to see them a lot more. And they happen so naturally. You're not going to be weirded out when these are shared. When we get to the manifestations of tongues and the interpretation of tongues, right away... That's, that's weird, Ed. I saw some guys talking to each other on TV and they're having like a tongues fest. That is not what the Bible teaches. That's not true. They are ignorant of the scriptures. The manifestation of the gift of tongues operates so far differently than what you see on TV. What you might have seen in a congregation where people just start running around and yelling at each other. And you'll get that when we get there. You don't need to be afraid of the manifestations of the spirit. Any of them. The Spirit loves to do things decently and in order for His glory. He doesn't walk you, want you walking away weirded out. He wants you walking away glorifying Him. And going, that is incredible. And even when we see, we'll get there. It will be there in a couple weeks. The manifestation of that gift of tongues is a private prayer language. It's personal edifier. And even if it does happen in the context of the congregation, it's to be limited and with interpretation only. And then you're to get back to worshiping the Lord through song or in word. It's not just to be, hey, everybody, just get up and go for it. Or you just come up and we'll teach you how to do it. And we'll give you the words. And just repeat after me. It's just, you don't have to be weirded out by the Spirit of God. That's not His heart for you. Thanks for studying alongside of us on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Are you interested in a CD copy of this message? 
We can send that your way for $2 if you'll call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. Again, that's 877-304-7223. For instant access, look for the studies online at calvaryaurora.org. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through the Calvary Aurora and Grace FM Colorado apps. Search for Calvary Aurora. We've picked out a wonderful book by Gene Edwards this month that we think you'll benefit from. It's A Tale of Three Kings, A Study in Brokenness. It features the stories of David, Saul, and Absalom. If you've ever experienced pain, loss, or heartache at the hands of others, this is a must-read. The Lord can certainly use it to bring comfort and healing into your life, too. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, ask for a copy of A Tale of Three Kings. Give us a call at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryaurora.org. Those that prefer to write, here's our mailing address, Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado, 80046. Glad you've taken time out to study the Word with us. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor tomorrow for Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora.